Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride here with my friend Seth Shelley. Seth is the lead pastor of Maple Park Alliance Church in Quinell, British Columbia. He's also got a TEDx talk that I think, what, almost a half a million views at this point? Kicking yeah. around there somewhere? Pretty amazing. And uh, Seth is one of the more creative pastors I know. He thinks outside the box in a lot of ways. Welcome to Disciple Making, Seth. Thank you very much for having me. It's really good to have you here. And just for context, I think it's important people understand the context we're recording this. We're actually recording this in December, mid-December of 2021. And uh, the whole COVID thing is still rolling around. We're in, in the upswing of Omicron, which who knows what that means. We don't know what that means yet. But we're in a, in a context here in northern British Columbia, and Seth is right at the south end of that. So he's in the same restrictions where... Uh, we can meet with 50% capacity if people are vaccinated. And a lot of us don't want to be vax cops, do we? No. That is not exactly what we signed up for. But it seems like whatever we decide about restrictions and how we're doing church, you know, somebody's unhappy. And so some churches are going virtual services only. Some churches are doing the 50% with checking vaxes. Some are doing 50% and they're not bothering to check. And, And those seem like the options, but but Seth is doing something completely different. So, uh, uh, Seth, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And I just let's start by what are you doing? You're not doing virtual services, you're not doing pre records, you're not doing physical services. What are you doing? Yeah, some people might just say, Well, he must be doing nothing. Um, now I'll be clear, we did, we did an iteration of all of those at some point, uh, minus in person because we're not going to do the VAX passport. Uh, but we did an iteration of all of those. We did pre-recorded, we did live stream. Uh, and honestly, we felt like there was just such a big uh, gap that was starting to form, a chasm, if you will, in between what we would, what I would probably define as, um, you know, spectating. We say that a lot in church, so we don't, we're not asking you to spectate, we want you to participate. But then like literally the only thing you can do with an online or pre-recorded is spectate. <laughs> um, even if you have a group, like a watch party, you're all just spectators. And so what we started to do was wrestle with that and still still film those. And then given the opportunity to change, which we did with a new round of restrictions, we kind of kicked it old school and we're actually sending home letters. So our church service <laughs> is uh, like a 10 to 12 page pack of written material. Uh, so we, we are going through the gospel of John and we literally write out a sermon and uh, with instruction in our package to read out loud this sermon from one of the pastors. Read the scripture out loud. Read the sermon out loud. Uh, here's a song to sing out loud. Here's a, a kid's activity or story to read out loud. Here's a scriptural call to worship out loud. Uh, here's how to break bread and com- have conversations out loud. Here's how to pray out loud. And so we've really taken the building blocks of what makes a Sunday gathering important and we've just sent it home to people and we're encouraging our church to find a family uh, mm. and gather with them. And that can be Saturday night. It can be Sunday morning, but every week, grab the, grab the sermon series package, take it, put it at your kitchen table, open up your, open up your Bible and participate. Don't spectate, participate. 
because the beauty of this is you could take home the uh, the guide and you could put it on your 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 counter and it won't do anything. It would just sit there. And uh, that's kind of what I felt was happening when we were doing recorded services. Hmm. Uh, people weren't really doing anything. They were just sitting there watching. Um, and we really felt like if, if the goal is to be people who meet and gather, and if the goal is to eventually do that corporately again, then we have to do it now. Like you, you, you have to remember how to do that. It's important to do, like we're commanded to do some of these things. Hmm. And so uh, we just felt like it was, uh, I, I kind of use this phrase a little bit. A lot of people want to be a Christian, but not a lot of people want to do what a Christian has to do. And so oh. we're asking our church to do what a Christian does. Wow. That, yeah. that is very fresh and very unique. I haven't heard anybody else doing that. What, what's been the initial reactions out of the gate? Uh, you know, out of the gate, people are like, what? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. No, this is dumb. Um, like, to be honest, people, I can get a study guide at home. I can get one. I go online and download a devotional. I already do a, our daily bread. But then once people and the people that have committed to doing it without question, uh, all the people or without exception, rather, all the people who have done it have said, boy, this is this is great. Um, mm. Whether they're and people that are doing it alone as a family are still getting a lot of value from it. And then the people that are gathering with like another couple or another family, uh, it is just we've had some comments of people saying when churches are back to normal, can we still do this? Like, I prefer wow. this. <laughs> I prefer this to Sunday morning. And I think part of that is because it's exciting. Like it, engaging with scripture is exciting. And uh, you don't have to be a theologian or have a master's or a bachelor's to really get what scripture has for you. And so even just the the simple acts of like reading, reading a passage of scripture, reading 30 verses, and then kind of having a conversation and unpacking that uh, when you do that and you're doing it out loud, I think scripture just opens up to you in, in a new way that a lot of people aren't used to. And I would, I would tell this to anybody pre COVID listening to someone read scripture is vastly different than you reading scripture out loud, mm. listening to yourself, read scripture, you start to get insight and you start to gain perspective and, and uh, you might, the story comes alive. And so I think that's, what's happening in people's houses. It's not a TV show. It's like a, it's a real life thing they're doing. And that's exciting. Oh, yeah. I love it for on multiple levels, Seth. I love it, A, that it's scalable. Like, how many people could you do this with? Millions, really. Yeah. Like, it's completely scalable. And secondly, just from a raw disciple-making spiritual growth standpoint, especially when you compare it to virtual services, it's got to be night and day. But it's interesting that some people are even saying they have a preference to live services with that. Do you have any sense of what, how might this play out as you go back to, if and when the time comes, to regular services? Well, I think there's always going to be a need for, for a corporate, corporate gathering um, and doing that in a large setting. I think what we'll probably realize if this goes on for a month or two months is that one hour in a group of 200 people is not the most effective way to learn something. Mm. It might be a great way to celebrate something. It might be a great way to, you know, sing, but it's not the most effective way to learn something. And so my hope is that there's an appetite uh, for when we do go back to services. Uh, for one, I think what this booklet is going to do is create an appetite for corporate worship because it's mm. like, yes, me singing by myself a cappella isn't as great as singing with 200 people. Yeah. which will feed the re, you know reunion of service. 
And then the second appetite you'll create will be that when you're in those services, you'll say, boy, I really feel like I learned a lot more when I was the one unpacking it. So my hope is that uh, when things settle back down and go back to normal, we just start to, we just add this in somewhere else. So this might be a, a Wednesday thing, or this mm. might be a Thursday thing. And we might say the same thing that, Hey, come for our, our corporate worship services. We're still going to, we're still going to preach. You might hear my message on it. And then we're going to send you home with this, this package, um, you know, to kind of unpack as a family or unpack uh, and really engage oh, yeah. the story in a different way because the, the well, best in a, in a way, yeah, so go ahead. Ah, we said, go I, ahead. Same time. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna say that uh, basically, if you carry on that way, you have a ready-made, in a sense, small group curriculum that unifies with the service and keeps people moving in the same direction. So, what a great way to underscore and really enhance what you're doing Sunday morning already. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. So, that's kind of the that's kind of the hope, and uh, I think it's not exactly like a devotional. Like we are we are really just writing out a sermon. And I think there's also something that's neat about that as well, because that provides people. So you know, I was getting someone to edit it and this week and they say, well, I don't really understand your thought process. I said, well, what you're, this is my first draft. And so my first draft is really just my ideas that I unpack. And so I just need you to see if the ideas kind of flow. And just in that little conversation of this person editing it, I'm sharing with them how I effectively communicate the gospel. And so mm-hmm. When it comes to like a discipling evangelistic tool, that that's how I not only preach the story of Jesus, that's how I tell the story of Jesus to people when I'm you know meeting them at hockey or at a barbecue. And that's the exciting part is people are like, they're not getting a daily bread. They're not getting a devotional. They're getting a chance to see into my brain. It might not be the best, most effective way, but I'm hopeful that it starts to shape the way they think about how to tell these stories that mm. you can tell some profound truth in a page in, oh, in yeah paragraphs you can say some pretty profound things about jesus that maybe you didn't know you could because you thought you had to bring them to hear me say it on a sunday morning but no like you just need to put the thoughts together and and the other part that's great about having something tangible in front of them is i hope people start to see that scripture does most of the preaching itself like Hmm. i'm just kind of retelling the story that we just have read um and if you just erase that and i say that in our little preamble if you only just read the scripture this morning, you'll come away with a, a great message. Like, oh, that's good. Scripture preaches itself, but people are so, it's interesting, Darren, how, I mean, you know this and I know this, but I think more people are becoming aware of this in their own personal lives. People that didn't think they were biblically illiterate are realizing how biblically illiterate they are. Like, hmm. that they just don't read scripture that often. You know, they're yeah. used to hearing it uh, or maybe referenced sort of in some kind of like, big the bible says you know people hear that a lot but they're not i think people are realizing that man i don't really read my bible very often i didn't know that that was in john i didn't know that john said that i thought that that was just you know so that's the other cool part we're asking people to read the bible which i don't know like do churches ask that a lot anymore like well you think of how much scripture you know even in a especially in our evangelical churches how much scripture do people hear in a year you know, like if they're just doing Sunday morning, very, very, very little, you know, cumulatively. And so what you're doing is, you know, you're, you're ramping up. And what I like what you said too, it's different than a devotional that gets from a study guide somewhere because it's your voice. It's localized. You can combine your, you know, your church leadership with that, but they're all going through it together too. And there's always something powerful about a church doing the same thing, even if they're doing it separately. 
Yeah, there is. That that's exactly it. It's not like a hundred people doing fifty different devotionals that they found online. It's we're we're all doing the same one, yeah. and we're you know we're all on the same page, which is another kind of. It's not really a sneaky tool because we told people that's why we're doing it. It's another way to try and ensure that we maintain unity when we can't be in the same room. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't know where you are, I can't see you. I know that we're all on John chapter two this week. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, Talk about workflow a little bit here. Just practically, how much work is this for you compared to regular sermon prep? How how do you compare it? And what do you do differently or the same? It's kind of hard to... Uh, like quantify how much more I, I had a conversation with my associate pastor. who's also been doing this. And we kind of decided together when we were kind of comparing notes, this is probably three to four times the amount of work as it is to preach a sermon huh. um, because I can take a page of bullet no, bullet points and preach for an hour off of that. Just because the way I like, I'm, I'm used to that, right? Like I've developed that tool. I've developed that skill. I, I can take a scripture I can make my notes on it and kind of scribble down these notes and then I can just preach it. The The hard part is now that I can't just give people my scribbled notes. I have to like, I have to try and write this in a way that I would speak it, which requires me to speak it out loud a lot and hmm. then take notes on what I'm saying and then format it and make sure that there's proper grammar and it's not shorthand and there's no short form. And, and every time I make a reference to a, a scripture that I would maybe just reference and know where it is. I have to remember that I can't just say that I have to actually put the reference. So right now I'm hoping that that changes. It's still pretty new. So in the first month of doing it, yeah, it's, it's, it's double the work of a normal sermon. Hmm. Um, but I'm hopeful that that, you know, as, as you start to develop this way of doing it, that you, we find some right. there. but yeah, it, it, completely it, different routine because you have a routine for regular sermon prep, whereas this is not, not at this point, it's not routine. How, how many weeks are you into this? So we are on, this is week number five. So we're just, just past a month. Yeah. Yeah. And how long do you plan to do this? Like right now, what's the plan? The plan right now is just to be hopeful that the order that they put in to January 31st uh, is in fact till January 31st. So we've told our church at least until January 31st, that's, that's the plan. And then we'll, we'll adjust from there. But honestly, I think, I think this could be a, it could easily be done throughout the winter. Um, because that's just, it, there is a real homey, warm, inviting feel to this that kind of fits in with a northern winter, right? The roads oh, yeah. might not be good. It might be a cold day. It might be hard to get the car started. I mean, we've had that issue here at our church. Like we've had Sundays where half the people aren't here because their cars wouldn't start. So that, that's a reality, you know, and I'm sure you're familiar with that kind of stuff yeah. too. So this kind of eliminates some of those stresses and it, it probably could fit. But for now, it's at least till the end of January. Okay. Now, are you doing some other supplemental video communications through the week or like what else are you doing in the life of the church right now? There's no physical services. You're not doing a virtual quote service. You're doing the letters. What else are you doing communication wise to maintain cohesiveness in the church? Yeah. So we, we do record our worship set. So we provide a couple songs in the booklet for people to sing and play if they have an instrument at home, or they can watch, um, the worship set we put out every week. So we still put out a worship set in that worship set is a call to worship where we also read the scripture we're going to be studying that week. So we put that out on Sunday morning so that people can still kind of uh, use that as a tool if they want. We send out a monthly email blast, which kind of communicates all the different stuff that's that's happening at the church. A new thing that we've started is each one of the staff is um, going to set a time, a, a block of time throughout the week for one-on-one meetings. 
um, and just make that available, whether it's drop in or by appointment, so that every day of the week the church is open, which it always has been, but it's hard for people to. I wrote this in our email blast. Like the one thing we really have lost in in not having corporate gatherings is we don't. There is no more. Oh, I have to. I have to talk to that person, and there is no more like. Oh, I haven't seen them in a couple weeks. I really. I really got to connect with them. Or hey, that's that's so and so. They just had a baby, or that's so and so. They just moved. Like you. You can't be passively communicating with people because. You, you don't bump into them. So we're trying to create that as kind of a thing of like, let's make it so maybe we can bump into each other here at the church. Um, and, and then that might mean that we have to tell you that you have to come to the church. Like this is when we're going to be here. So you need to come and we'll do these one-on-one things. Other than that communication is uh, it's a little limited to just basically departments. Like we're trying to get our, our worship director to contact the worship people, the kids director to contact families um, and of course there's gaps in that it's really, it's really hard to contact everybody, but those are our primary kind of like organizational methods. And then individually we try and keep up the lines of communication that we had. We're in a little bit of a unique problem that I'm still fairly new to this church. And so part of the problem that we had is that when COVID hit, we were growing with a lot of newcomers and we didn't really have a way of getting contact information from them. And so that's been a hard part is trying to, is trying to find everybody, if you will, like yeah. find people that you're trying to, well, I think the person had blonde hair. I think they had a kid. Do you remember that person that came in October? Do you know who they were? So, but yeah, those are our big organizational ones right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now, do you have a sense that people are getting together? Like, like our families clustering on Sundays at all, or is it family by family? What What's happening in, in that relational side of the church life through this? Uh, some people are, some people right out of the gate, got the guide. We explained it in the guide. That's what we wanted. Um, and they have, they just did it. They found some people that gathered, uh, some people, they, they want to gather, but they don't gather. They want to gather, but they don't have a need to gather. So they don't, they don't really do it. And then some people are just, uh, they're stubborn. They want, they want the corporate setting. It's not, it's not church. If it's not a hundred people, um, and I'm hopeful that we can kind of find a way to get everybody. Well, I, I'd say we have a percentage of people that just naturally right out of the gate, saw the opportunity and took it. So oh, that, that's, that's outstanding. Pretty, pretty yeah, good. no, I mean, in a way, it's a pretty big risk for a pastor of any length of tenure for a newer pastor. That can be a challenge. And I'm just pretty impressed that you took the plunge and did that. Uh, and I, the reason I want to talk to you is again, it's so fresh and so unique. I haven't heard anybody else doing this. If someone's kind of, tweak to this idea. What, what's your advice and kind of how to launch this and get rolling with it? Uh, my advice would be like, I didn't reinvent the wheel. Like I just looked at the new Testament and think, Oh, this is what they did. Like, this is how it works. <laughs> um, and it's so scalable because you can do it in jail. You know, you can do it on <laughs> like, you can, like you can have someone uh, write it out for you. You can just get someone, you know, a scribe to write it out as you talk. And so that really was kind of the the genesis of this was like, this is what they did and it worked. And why did it work? Because I think there's like, there's probably, you know, we did it once a year on a Sunday. We just read the whole, the whole book of James. That was our Sunday service. We just read the whole book of James and then we ended the service. And there was something about reading that in the context of like, I asked everybody to imagine that we were that, that group of people and that we were getting this for the first time and reading it out loud for the first time what that would be like. And so in the same way, it's like, well, imagine that you can't see me and I can't come to your house. How would I, how would I get the, how would I preach the gospel 
to people that I would be, you know, part of my church, how would I convey scriptural truth to them? How would I convey truth of Jesus? If you can't see me, if you don't have internet, I mean, well, I'll just do it the way they did. I just write you a letter and everyone loves getting mail and everybody loves, you know, unless it's maybe not everybody, but it feels more. My advice would be that like, if you're tired, if you're tired of the filming and the editing and kind of that fake static uh, two dimensional, you know, speaking into the, in Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse kind of idea, like, this is, this is such a great response to that because it's not, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel fake. doesn't feel produced. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel scripted, even though it's a script, it doesn't feel like I'm putting it on for you. Like I I'm, I'm just giving you what I, what I know and what I think, and I'm mm-hmm. you know offering you scripture to back that up. So it's just, it's refreshing. Now I'm not saying we're going to do it forever. There's, it might be an appropriate time where we switch back to some sort of hybrid model of online and engaging people that way. But the advice would be you already write your sermon. And I think giving people insight into, into that process and into those thoughts is, is good. And I think it's also a bit of a, it might be, see, this is the, this is the critical Seth, cynical Seth. I bet you a lot of people will struggle with it because it might also reveal how little scripture they preach. Hmm. Like I'm not writing people in my church, a letter about how I feel and giving them like good advice. Like I, not trying to toot my own horn, but it was kind of, it it did reveal in the first part too, that like, now I got to back this up with scripture. It's written down. Like Hmm. they can't say, I thought you said this. They can say, you said this. (laughs) Like, it's gotta be, it's gotta be good. It's gotta be true. Um, And it's self-reflective of like, man, I don't use enough Bible. I got to put more Bible in my messages. And Hmm. it's evident by the fact that I'm reading my whole message and there's no scriptures in there because nobody really cares what we think. I, I believe that. Like, the only reason people care what I think is because there's truth in there and I'm not the author of truth. So I didn't make up the truth. The truth is yeah. coming through me, but they only care what I say because I'm preaching truth. Mm, amen. Well, that's, that's excellent. Wow. That's exactly why I want to chat with you on this, just to get the, the rounded version on that. If people want to know more about you or what you're doing or contact you, where can they find you online? Uh, I have a website, sethshelley.com. That's Seth Shelley, S-H-E-L-L-E-Y. I don't make that mistake. I don't know what the other one is, but I can't guarantee that it's good. Um, I should check that. I should see what that one is. Maybe I'll buy that domain too. Uh, yeah. And then I, I have a, we have a YouTube channel that we don't post a lot on right now. Um, and again, part of this whole thing has been like a little bit of a, a crisis with, with online stuff that I've had personally mm-hmm. that I just don't know that it's real. Like, it's, it's valuable. It's a tool. I get all those things. Like I'm not arguing that stuff, but I think the caution is right now we got to be so careful that we don't go too deep, too deep into a fake alternate reality. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but, good. Well, I'll put, I'll put the link to your site and uh, your church website as well in the show notes. Uh, thanks so much for sharing. Excellent idea. I hope some people follow up and find, find out. And uh, thanks for everyone for joining us on disciple making. Hope to see you next time. Thanks again for joining us, Seth. I say one more thing. You bet. If you are listening to this and you try this, I would just love to know if anyone else is going to try this because I think it would be great also to just kind of swap ideas and, and, and share a little bit. If there's anybody else, as far as I know right now, I don't know anybody else in my circle and beyond that's doing this. So if yeah. you're going to try it, it'd be great to become friends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear as well and see who's tried, how they're trying, what works and doesn't work right on. 
Thanks again, Seth. Thanks. Talk again soon. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.